shady and it puts leverage on all the wrong people because if you're otani you walk into that room and say all right you're gonna give me however many hundreds of millions of dollars and i want you to convince me that you're gonna spend what you need to spend to build the team around me that we can be successful that is your leverage you don't walk in and and make an agreement that you're gonna make it easier for them to spend money as if they don't fucking have enough yeah, it's the Dodgers. Like, they have like what? eight owners. They're owned by the Guggenheims <laughs> and a bunch of other people. But like, they're they're yeah, majority. Of, they're literal Guggenheims. I'm sorry, was a Rockefeller not available? Like, or or a um uh a, a, like a Cornelius Vanderbilt or uh right. J.P. Morgan. <laughs> Okay. So what I'm hearing is <laughs> that Shirai Otani needs to invest in uh, railroads, transcontinental yeah. railroad. Railroads, fossil fuels. Although fossil fuels are a dying thing, so you know yeah, maybe that's, not that's that, but... the way out. Uh, speaking of dying things, let's uh, let's just crack this open. That is the sound of an Arizona green tea with ginseng and honey. Because I, Jesse from the internet. Uh, feel like a dying thing. Uh, oh no! <laughs> uh, it's been a lousy couple of days for me. And now but, it's official. Um, it's a, he is officially official with the Dodgers. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, Lily, you are here from the internet. How are you feeling about Shohei Otani being with the Dodgers? I I would have preferred. I I I'm a fan of a team in the in the AL East, and I still would have preferred he went to the to the fucking Blue Jays. Any anywhere but anywhere but the but Houston and the Dodgers would have been. I would have. I wouldn't have minded it had he been a fucking Yankee. Britt is here from the internet. Britt, you would have enjoyed it had he been a Yankee, but they did I get would. Juan Soto for one year. Um, yeah, they, that's they, also they... weird. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I feel like I'm being personally attacked by baseball. Quite frankly. I, I love Juan Soto, so I'm 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 pleased with that, no doubt. But the whole Otani thing, like I'm sorry, it gets to the point, and you're telling me my options are the Blue Jays, which I, feel free to come at me, Blue Jays Twitter. Y'all are so goddamn annoying. <laughs> I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. And then the Dodgers, who are just like will not go away. I will say the one the one thing in my uh deeply flawed psyche that is in favor of him being a Dodger is that that is a hatred that feels right. Like, okay, this is, this is a, a more than hundred year old rivalry. This is two teams who people have nearly died or died in service of this rivalry. They moved cross country. Cause they were like, no, I'm following you. So I can keep kicking you in the dick. Like that feels fitting. I am offended when a team like the Blue Jays makes me hate them because it's like you are not worth that attention. You you are not to this been, level. 
I am John Hamm in this scenario. You are the other dude in the elevator. Like, <laughs> I don't think about you at all until you force me to. And I would prefer you not. See, I would have enjoyed Otani on the Blue Jays kind of for that reason of he wouldn't have been a heel then the same way, you know? He but, would not have been a heel the same way. I just find them so irritating in like a way that annoys me because I'm like, you should not be worth that. Oh, you know what? Otani, Otani to the Dodgers is like when Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors. Except that this is for 10 years. Yeah, this is even worse because it's for longer. Uh, in that comparison, I cannot wait for the really melodramatic, uh, like, tabloid storyline reporting to come out about whatever happens who, in the clubhouse who, if we're using the Kevin Durant analogy. Who Who is going to be Otani's Phoenix Suns? Is it the Arizona Diamondbacks? Oh, my God. Uh, well, 10 years, and we are projecting no rings because... Fuck them, the Dodgers. Uh, speaking of no rings uh, and never having a chance, Joey Otani, uh, Kaylin, how's White Sox fandom these days? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, ever since I've been off Twitter, I don't really pay attention to Good. White Sox. It's, 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 it's a cesspool as always. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, so I've been having a nice time. <laughs> I think... I think Otani chose the predictable but boring route, but I'm just glad it's not the Cubs because that would have made me want to kill myself a little See, bit. I would have even I hate the fucking Cubs, and I would have preferred Otani on the Cubs because at least at least the Cubs aren't like that good to begin with. At least the Cubs. Right now, hey, I don't know how much you watched them this season. <laughs> they were mediocre. They were mediocre. But at it best. was living here with that was torture. Yeah, that's, so. yeah. <laughs> As somebody that lives in Chicago, no. <laughs> it would yeah, have murdered that's, me. That's incredibly <laughs> true. That's incredibly fair. I've seen Cubs Twitter. Well, and and when the White Sox is your point of comparison, like the oh, Cubs yeah. being the Cubs being mid is like that's enough to drive you crazy. Like a well enough like a Cubs mid is like they act like they are going to the world series automatically it's it's bizarre like yeah. i went to one or two cubs yeah. games this season and the way they would act about like routine plays like that yeah that's what they were supposed to do it was they would cheer like somebody's life was on the line and i, don't, <laughs> I have a lot of cubs friends so i don't think not all cubs but it <laughs> was I was oh. like, what is going on here? Even at the White Sox games when they were doing well, even when everybody was like overhyped, when we knew like, oh, we're probably not going beyond this round. Um, or maybe we will. Uh, nobody was like that. So it was maybe not nobody. Again, not all, but it was definitely like there's no chill. So I would have not handled that well, I think. It is an absolutely wild thing to me what happened with the Cubs. They won and immediately went back to being the Cubs, but the fan base really didn't. Like no, I feel it's like, like they were expecting it's like Red Sox fans yeah. root for the Marlins. It's very weird. Yeah. It's a very, very strange thing. Because the uh, fan base really very... did go through that like 
that very yeah. Red Sox fan, like, oh, we're on top of the world now. And that's just, that's just where they live now. And it's like, okay. I'm gonna, yeah, and I'm I gonna think, go watch Anthony Rizzo not play for your team. So right, cool. and I, I think <laughs> like all of the development around the stadium and having owners that I don't know actually do stuff, um, put money into things, even if you know it's developmental stuff. Uh, you know, it's something. What I'm used to, yeah. But I think that you know they're like, look at all, we have an ice skating rink right outside the stadium, and meanwhile, Sox fans are like, we have. Like eight parking lots. <laughs> God, I just rebuilt yeah. the red line. That's a thing. We're still. It's pretty far from the. Or stadium. is that still still going? Closer to the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, it's still going a little. I think, but hopefully, I think hopefully. Doesn't it's the red done. line go along the highway that goes to Sox Park? Yeah, it runs by the Cubs and the Sox, which is nice. Yeah. Very convenient. Yeah. Connects the two. Don't have that in New York. Yeah. That is. Um, yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Well, thanks for hearing my from... Absolutely, that's what and we're they here got, for. They got Eric Fed, Fetty, the White Sox. They beat the Mets for Eric Fetty. I've like stopped paying He's attention, honestly. Back from Korea. Back from Korea. The Orioles. <laughs> the Orioles got Karen Kimbrell. Oh yeah, I did I see that. Just why? I why 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 would you why? Because they need a closer and Batista's out for the season. Right, but that's not the best you could do. Come on now. weird ass will look appropriate in an Orioles uniform. It, I don't it, really it, have a problem. The little bird thing yeah, will be appropriate. Feels, he should be on a fucking bird team. <laughs> right. oh, well, let's, uh, let's stay in Maryland because I've got this story that I need you guys' help with. Um, really what this story means. This is from WBOC, Delmarva's news leader. Mm, Uh, This is Casual Die Hard. It's a sports podcast. Traditionally, Monday night, we record our college football episode. This week, there was Army-Navy, and that was fine. Uh, 28 points were scored. The over-under was either 27.5, 28, or 28.5, depending upon where you were betting on that. I can legally bet on it in the state of New York, so uh, I'm glad to not have had to sweat out that over-under. (laughs) Bulls are coming. In the meantime, we have uh, baseball talk and, uh, you know, some of this. And we will talk college football um, at various points, either tonight, I'm sure, uh, because it's on our minds or, you know, over the course of the offseason. But I don't think that Monday is that this Monday night record is always going to be a college football hour necessarily through the course of the college football offseason, which is very long, but also very entertaining in its own silly season ways. We did have some Lane Kiffin stuff today. But first, I need you guys' help with this report from WPOC, Delmarva's news leader. Todd- <laughs> Toddville, Maryland. First mm-hmm. of all, there's a Toddville, Maryland. There's a lot of weird cities here. <laughs> in a move to keep seafood enthusiasts well-informed, Maryland's eastern shore has seen the issuance of new state advisories today regarding certain fish caught from waterways across the state. The Maryland Department of the Environment's advisories are part of an ongoing effort to educate the public about potential risks associated with consuming seafood from the region. Within the picturesque Chesapeake Bay waterways, where a variety of seafood is sourced, the daily of consumption of chemicals by fish, oysters, and crabs has been recommended by MDE. 
the daily consumption of chemicals by fish, oysters, and crabs has been recommended by MDE. The, the Department of the Environment is advising that these fish, oysters, and crabs consume chemicals. <laughs> I mean, you send me this article. <laughs> what is what is a chemical? If we let's think well, about it. of particular concern are per and polyfluoral cockle substances (PFAs), <laughs> commonly known for as forever chemicals. PFAS. PFAs are, yeah, PFAS are known for their persistence in the environment and have been linked to health issues, including cancer. The Maryland Department of the Environment has undertaken a comprehensive study this year, the results of which offer reassuring news to seafood lovers in the area. The study indicates that local catches are safe for consumption, alleviating worries from potential health risks associated with seafood from Chesapeake Bay. According to the Maryland Department of the Environment, certain areas showed trace amounts of PFAS in some of the fish, but levels are not cause for immediate concern. Consumption would have to be significantly elevated for any potential health issues to arise, emphasizing that the majority of seafood from Maryland's eastern shore is safe to eat. Majority of it is safe to eat. Seafood, you know? Yeah. Always a gamble. Uh, yeah. MDE. <laughs> MDE reported, if a person were to eat more than the recommended meals every month for 30 years, then they have an increased risk of one in 10,000 of having a health outcome due to that level of consumption. <laughs> so, okay. President of the Delmarva Fisheries Association, Rob Newberry, expressed confidence in the safety of locally sourced food, stating, there's nothing wrong with our seafood. The seafood that we, the watermen, produce in the state of Maryland is a good and clean product. While acknowledging isolated incidents of stomach problems related to oysters, the representative clarified that these cases did not originate from the wild fishery. Oysterman Tim Robinson welcomed the findings, noting the positive impact on sales. <laughs> Tim Robinson. <laughs> Was his hair slicked back or pushed back? Uh, not sure. He was noting the positive <laughs> impact on sales when he said, <laughs> I don't know what kind of shirt he was wearing when he said, always seafood <laughs> safe. And if consumers hear about advisories, it cuts down on our sales because no one wants to eat contaminated seafood. Any lost sales go elsewhere, Robinson emphasized. In conclusion, the recent advisories from the Maryland Department of the Environment serve not only to inform the public, but also to reassure seafood lovers that, based on the latest study, the seafood from Maryland's eastern shore remains a safe and delicious choice. The information aims to maintain public trust and support for the local seafood industry, ensuring that consumers continue to enjoy this popular protein without undue concern. Now... I don't know about you. I had no previous concerns about Maryland Eastern Shore seafood and forever chemicals. And now I do. <laughs> oh, see, I don't. <laughs> and I live here. <laughs> I'm just going to keep eating them because I know, you know what? 
If if the seafood's gonna kill me, at least it's delicious. That's a good point. We're all gonna go out some way. I'm gonna go out eating tainted oysters or like a crab <laughs> that has like that has just like a, a shit ton of cyanide in it. I'm 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 fully I'm fully prepared to go out on my sword eating Maryland seafood. At this point, I'm just jealous that there is a seafood catch to be uh, warned about in Maryland because uh, it's not crab season here yet, and it makes me sad. And every year, I feel like Dungeons crab season gets a little bit later. Thanks, climate change. Yeah, it's it's the end of crab season here, so that it's not it's, it's oyster yeah, I season mean, now. Crab crab so, season here is always like in the winter, but it keeps getting pushed back because like migratory patterns have changed. So there's whales that they don't want the crab fishing boats to get in the way of the whales, so they delayed the crab fishing season. It's just it's, just, it's a whole thing. So for a, a sports angle to this, um, what this made me think was watching the San Francisco 49ers yesterday play against the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the Niners look fucking amazing. Um, their offense is unstoppable when all of their dudes are on the field. Their defense is really good. Um, and yet it felt like it had, they had more trouble putting away the Drew Locke Seahawks than they ought to have had. Like that game was, and is it just that it was a division game? Is it just like the San Francisco 49ers have some forever chemicals in them? Perhaps there is always... <laughs> Like there's that one in 10,000 risk of... Oh, my God. Okay, okay. See, here's They are going to kill you thing. because somebody's going to get hurt, and then the whole thing doesn't work anymore. Like, am I overthinking this? Should they, yes. like... Okay. I mean, look at the Wait. look at the Chiefs and the Eagles. You're telling me the Chiefs and the Eagles have less red flags? No. So that's what I'm saying. Like, no. I mean, every team has has a vulnerability. Yeah, I I guess that I've reached a point in the season <laughs> um, for the NFL, and this could be interesting to talk about for, for college football too, of like, who has the most forever chemicals in them? Who has the most things that are just like waiting to oh, sneak Casey. up and, and end them? Oh, it's K- it's so. Casey. It's I think it's Casey by a lot. I mean, they're 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 yeah. eating. They're at the like losing their minds, eating their young stage of this collapsing, and it's yeah doesn't it does not seem good over there. Uh, I am I'm honestly I think I, I've got two I've got two options for this. And I think one of them is already exp- has been experiencing their forever chemicals. And their forever and their forever chemical is Bill Belichick, and that's the New England Patriots. <laughs> um, I mean they're on death's door. Um, they're just one giant forever chemical at this point. 
The, uh, the waters I, off of Cape Cod are uh, poisoned. Um, but also the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are uh, the Bill. Whatever forever chemicals are in the Bills, maybe it's Sean McDermott. Uh, uh, are are hurting the. Um, there's something there. There's something there that's slowly, slowly killing the buffalo. Out what case is that? And it's not colonialism this time. <laughs> it's it's not a bunch of eight year olds playing Oregon Trail. I like both of those answers. Uh, They're good. Yeah. I will. I will also say the Cowboys. Although that kind of feels like a semi cheating answer because I don't think anyone ever thought that they didn't have forever chemicals in them. Like. Maybe maybe that's just me because yeah. I'm used to watching them fall on their faces against the Niners. But I, I I'm they're good. They're good the way they're always good, which is going to be just good enough to be really annoying when they're not anymore. Like maybe it's the Packers. I I think that ship has long sailed with the Packers Ooh. at this point. See, but the, yeah. the problem is, is Jordan loves like actually looking like good now, and I'm like, hmm, there's something there. They are playing the Giants as we record this. And the score is currently 7-7 in the second quarter. So, mm, uh, that. Yeah. I would uh, say it's the Denver Broncos, but, like, I mean, <laughs> that's obvious that there's... That, that Russell Wilson is chugging down forever chemicals. I feel like anywhere that a, Excuse Manning, me, those has, aren't... a Manning has touched is yeah. forever chemical. Yeah. Also, those yeah. aren't forever chemicals. Those are nanobubbles. Please get it right. <laughs> I I think the thing with KC is there's two ways to look at that team right now. And it's they have Mahomes and Kelsey uh, derogatory and they have Mahomes and Kelsey <laughs> graceful. Like, yeah, it's both that that's what it is. Like, is that going to be enough? Like, are we really going to start talking about Rasheed Rice as if he's really a, a top wide receiver because he actually managed to score a touchdown and isn't Travis Kelsey? Like, they have – it's – yeah. Well, and That's their And it's just really hard to rely on – it's hard to rely on a tight end as your best offense, best offensive weapon because you kind of also would like to use them in other, other uh, scenarios. <laughs> So if like that's the dude that always has to get open, that means that dude can't be blocking for somebody else if you need him to get open all the time. So it just it creates so many problems. And I realize that there's not really a good alternative for them because anybody else is just like a fumble machine. Oh my god. I didn't realize who the Chiefs backup quarterback is. Who is it now? Because it's, it's not um it's Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Oh, Blaine Gabbert. Wow. I didn't even realize he was still in the league. Oh, God bless. I, I feel like we talked about this recently, I think. Uh, backup quarterback is just such an amazing job. I want to I could be a backup quarterback. In the just NFL. incredible. I, now and I want to. You, know, I... you, you go and you get pressed into service and you come up with a huge second half like Zach Wilson did. And now all of, all of a sudden everybody. Uh... Or you're Zach right. Wilson and you realize you, I, don't, um... you do no longer want to start for the New York Jets. 
I, I still have not looked further into what happened yesterday with the Jets. Have, have any of you guys? Because they had a first half in which both teams did nothing but punt. The Sickos Committee, our friends, noted that it was an immaculate half. That's right. And then the Jets scored 30 points in the second half. And injured C.J. Stroud, which, what the fuck, guys? Come on. That's rude. Yeah. Don't appreciate that. Um, I, in terms of backup quarterbacks, I hate Jameis Winston, but this season he's pretty much been, um, serving as like Derek Carr's like hype man slash bodyguard. And it's very entertaining to watch despite my hatred for him. He's always like, there's clips of him, like trying to pump him up. And then yesterday in the game, uh, Derek Carr got into it with an offensive lineman and Jameis like runs out on the field and is like pulling Derek Carr back. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? I mean, actually I wouldn't expect less from New Orleans, but or more rather. You know Keelan, what the Saints need? Re- they they need they need Jay Cater back from his suspension. That's what they need. <laughs> they they need <laughs> noted front noted former Fresno State Bulldog Jay Cater. I think they need a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through depth, depth charts and seeing backups that I didn't even realize were still in the league. I didn't even realize Marcus Mariota was the Phillies backup. That's like a he solid backup. sure is. He got moved from being the Falcons starter to losing it to Desmond Ritter and whoever I forgot who the other guy is now. Trey Lance, oh, yeah. the third string of the Cowboys. Yeah, how yeah, the mighty nice. have fallen. <laughs> decided that I much in the way that I just retconned that John Bowker was in fact the starting first baseman for the 2010 Giants because I don't want to have to think about Aubrey Huff. Um, I'm yeah. just choosing to retcon that uh, Brock Purdy was in fact the Niners first round pick. <laughs> and Trey Lance was some throwaway pick at the end of the draft that nobody cares about because the cumulative results are fine. <laughs> Got this dude out of North Dakota State. We took a flyer on him. It didn't really work out. Right. By the way, I should apologize for um, fucking up bull bingo last week. Uh, part of that was uh, that we scrambled. And um, when Keelan wasn't here, there was a fifth column to fill. And I, I messed up. And then there were five rows. And I messed up one of those, too. Um, but the real mess up was that I had only looked at the top half of the bracket for FCS because there was a giant ad in the middle of the bracket on CBS. <laughs> so I thought you thought there were only four is... teams left. Oh, I thought it was is... semifinal weekend. Imagine my surprise when I turn on a game and see Idaho is playing, and that game that game kicked ass too. That was a lot of that fun. was a good game because it was. Uh, I love I love the KB Down. KB Down was great. So that was a lot of fun. I look forward to more FCS playoffs this weekend and apologies for uh, messing up our bowl bingo. Uh, But still, that was a very fun episode and I look forward to uh, playing along somehow during bowl season. Keelan, I I wanted to ask you before uh, with the Saints, would you rather win that division at nine and eight or eight and nine? Oh, God. Oh, come on. Eight and nine. Eight, eight and nine for the vibes. I mean, that whole division's lost. It's like, what does it matter? 
They're the AL Central of. of, I've said the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I was thinking about the other day when the Bears beat the Lions, and I was like, they are the AL Central. I was like, no, they're not at all. And yeah, I was like looking at that division because I was like, what are the? Because the Saints were doing. They were like in the lead, and then within the past two or three games, they've gone to third, I think, in the division. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they all have like the same record. Well, actually, I didn't six check. And, six and seven, and then Carolina at one and 12. Yeah. It it's, is truly the Oh, Hills the Royals. Royals. They put up a graphic last night during the game that was like, you know, the, the potential playoff seating. And it was like, you've got all of these like 10 win teams. You've got like 10 and nine win teams hanging out in the wild card bracket. And then uh, over here, under, under the. Uh, all the other division leaders at like 10 and three, just six and seven, just hanging out, yeah, hanging out am, at the bottom of the list. And you're just like, I am interested know. to see that the lion, well, most likely the lions playing whoever it ends up being, because it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Cause they're also pretty unreliable. So that'll be. When was the last time the lions even made the playoffs? Uh, with Matthew Stafford, it wasn't that long ago? Yeah, it wasn't. They had like a, some pretty decent years and just never made it. And then Matthew Stafford went and won it, and now blow, kind of blows. And then he was like, "Screw like, you guys, went, I'm going to LA." Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, like they went to the playoffs also, during the Matthew Stafford era. It was yeah. twenty sixteen, and it was also the last time they uh, won on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so there you go. The last I mean, Matthew, playoff win. Was 1991. <laughs> Matthew Stafford yeah. wasn't like that was the thing. It was kind of surprising they never did go that much further. I guess because it was oh. they weren't like horrific until he left. It, and was, then they were it was just always Matthew Stafford and his less interesting friends. <laughs> yeah, oh, so oh, it was oh. just like like dude oh. can only do so much at a certain point. Also I mean, did you did have Megatron Johnson? Yeah, like. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They never had like they never had any kind of line. Um, it's like they're not allowed to have more than one good player at a time. Like <laughs> they're you just know, like, no, know- sorry, that's our max. And that one guy is just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, Jared you know- Goff just like fell apart yesterday. It was weird. Or he never even got started really. <sighs> so I don't know what his deal is. I don't watch the lines a lot, so I don't know. Jared Goff. Honestly- you know, cra- you know what's crazy? The the um, the Denver Broncos are knocking on the door of the Kansas City Chiefs. They sure are. Wild. Um, God bless. It is. It, they are one game back of first place in the AFC West, and Which I think just I kind of like it with a negative twenty two. Uh, but uh, point differential, granted, a good fifty of that. I mean, fifty of that is from playing the Dolphins. But all right, we had a little unscheduled break there. You have heard some kind of improvised, uh, probably Adobe stock music to uh, pad that, uh, unless we have recorded a fake ad or something. But you've already heard it. That's for future us and now past you. We discussed seafood earlier, and the other thing that I had uh, in our pre-show notes was I asked uh, what the gang wanted to talk about tonight, and Keelan said beans. Um, 
So we have this story from the BBC. First ever commercial crop of British-grown baked beans have been canned in a Lincolnshire factory. First of all, I'm going to object to describing them as baked beans. You don't grow <laughs> baked beans. That is not how it works. <laughs> Haven't they don't you ever gone plant like that? Bushes baked bean trees. I got one out on my sun porch. <laughs> Next to the lemon. <laughs> my guacamole tree. <laughs> Guacamole from Mexico. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm proud to be a part of this bread. podcast. Specially bred haricot beans designed to grow in the UK climate were harvested in September at a farm in the county. It is hoped that the baked bean breakthrough will reduce the reliance on imports. Baked More than 2 million tins. Breakthrough. More... Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> baked bean breakthrough is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> baked bean breakthrough. Uh, sorry. More than two. <laughs> no, please. That is that is the joy of this is to laugh about the stupid. I, I'm reading this hoping that you will interrupt it um, because I have questions about this. More than two million tins are eaten every day with all the beans grown in the U.S., Canada, Ethiopia, and China. What? Do they they mean two million tins in the U.K.? I suppose. Because that is a truly alarming quantity of baked beans. (laughs) They be too. Um, (laughs) Like, that's that's concerning to me. Now, now I have to find out. Uh, Sixty-seven point three million. So that's um, well. Doesn't one... the tra- doesn't the traditional English breakfast have beans in it? Yeah, but you're not getting an entire tin of beans per person. So like, I don't know. Every everything's smaller over there. This, so I don't know. This sounds like a third of a okay. tin of beans per person every day. I'm just. I'm trying that, to. That be... would get you to sixty-seven million. Yeah, that just, it feels like a lot. It just feels like a lot. It does. It seems like a lot of beans. Two million times three is, or or times, wait, two million times three is only six million. So that's 10% of the people eating a third of a tin of beans per day. Love my beans. (laughs) U.S., Canada, (sighs) Ethiopia, and China. What the fuck are you doing taking Ethiopia's beans? Yeah, I mean, that does feel a little... a lot more problems than your... Yeah, like, what is it? Britain's doing colonialism with beans now. (laughs) Well, and on a purely practical level, it does feel a little awkward if you're like... Like, are you growing and exporting beans for agribusiness and then turning around and having to eat, like, UNICEF... Uh, food donations or something because you've sent all the beans to England? I mean, I understand that is the fundamental uh, thesis of colonialism, but it just feels a little little off. That's, uh, I mean, 
That's how that's what the Irish that's how the Irish potato famine happens. That that is indeed how the Irish potato famine happened. And it's not really a famine. Yeah, definitely using using the word famine very uh generously. Yeah, I, I believe that's why it's more commonly known now or or more um progressively known, I guess, as the potato blight. Or or the great hunger. Yeah, there was, um, yeah, when I lived in Manhattan, I lived like right down the block from the Potato Blight Memorial, um, which I have no idea why that's there, but it's a, it's a lovely little, um, yeah, much in the style of the Vietnam Memorial where it's just kind of stone and then there's some some grass growing on it. There's, Um, um, I went to Ireland and there was a, I don't know like how many monuments or memorials there are to it but i walked by one that was some statues and they were terrifying because it was of like emaciated people walking and i was like holy crap what is this and it was for the potato thing that is the vibes opposite of the ducks in the boston public garden (laughs) i'll try to send you a photo of my sweet dreams on that one I like when they put the Boston jerseys on the Ducks in the playoffs, like whether it's the Red Sox or the Bruins. The Celtics can fuck off. Um, ducks are not cute in Celtics gear. Um, anyway, the project was developed by scientists at the University of Warwick, who took 12 years to produce the seeds. That is some good-ass grant money. Imagine that's the the fucking scientific thing you're working on. You're not like curing cancer. You're not, you know, finding a new chemical that'll, you know, cure global warming. No, you're making beans. Beans that can grow in England. Which I feel like a lot of beans could probably grow in England. And yeah, apparently, beans are not notoriously difficult to grow. Like I, exactly, they are growing beans in Ethiopia and Canada. Like those are not places with similar climates. Ethiopia, no. I mean not Ethiopia, fucking Canada is on the same latitude as England. Right. Yeah. Like I realize Canada is very wide. There's lots of uh, regional. Uh, climate difference here, but like you're really telling me there's nowhere in the UK that could grow an existing bean? Feels like a stretch. You can grow them in science class in sixth grade. How hard is it to get this to (laughs) farming? A smaller scale trial to grow them in 2022 failed due to the summer heat wave. Some health food brands have attempted to market British-grown broad beans as baked beans, but they have lacked mass appeal due to the difference in taste to haricots. As a nation, we import too much food, he said. To be able to produce something that we consume in such great quantities in this country, it's just unbelievable. The canning is a test run. Unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. The canning is a test run, and the beans will not be available in supermarkets just yet. Most of this year's harvest will be used as seeds for the next season's planting to increase stocks of the plants. So they're they're working on the farm system over there in England. 
Gregor Mendel was 600 years ago. <laughs> yep. I have to return to the comment about people not liking the taste. They're baked. You can't taste the bead anyway. Baked beans don't taste like beans. They taste like all the shit that's on the beans. Oh my gosh. You could put any variety of beans in baked beans and it would be indistinguishable. I refuse to believe that these uh, pasty spice-averse dipshits are, <laughs> have such delicate palates for their baked beans that they just couldn't handle it. I don't know. Yeah, I like it it baked beans taste like barbecue sauce. Right. With food in it. <laughs> right. The beans themselves are the most neutral of like they're halfway to tofu. Right. They're Their entire like... role in this food is to be a neutral uh carrier for Vehicle. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tofu or like a plain potato or something like or it's like purely... an unseasoned chicken. Yeah, like it's really just about getting the other stuff from here to there. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations to England on their test run of homegrown uh, beans. <laughs> just what college so... football team would England be with their beans? <laughs> Oh, I want to say A and M. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. Any A and M school, really? Yeah, any A and M. Slap one on. <laughs> Pick an Aggie; it'll work. England A and M. Like they should just have like an A and M convention, like meet Texas and England. In somewhere like Bermuda, uh, have the changing of the guard with that overalls dude, the the yell leader and a crown guard. Let those oh let those God. sides meet up. See how it all goes. <laughs> That's a cultural exchange. I think we all need to have happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, would you guys like to play a, a little? A little guessing game. Oh, yes, oh. please. Tori Taylor uh, from Iowa was named the Ray Guy winner, no surprise, as the best punter in the country. What uh. came as a surprise to me is that Tori Taylor is the first Iowa punter to win this award, which started in 2000. No shit. So... The guessing game for you guys is, can you name the four schools that have had multiple Ray Guy winners? Ever Ooh. or in the past X years? Well, it's only been it's around, only been around since, since 2000. Yeah, I mean, the word doesn't go back that far. Just making sure. Nebraska. Nebraska is incorrect. Let me call up the list and see if we got uh, any one at Nebraska. It is a it is a weird list. I will say that. 
Weird in what way? Can you give us hints? Yeah. It is a disparate list of schools. Um, let's see. Who did you guess, Lily? I guess Nebraska. Do any of these schools? Do any yeah. of these Nebraska schools has not that, had one? Do any of these schools that have multiple have anything in common? Uh, two of them do. Uh, so there's three of them have state names. One of them does not. Two of them have state names followed by the same thing. Uh, Texas A&M. Three of them. Nope. A&M has had a winner. Uh, in 2018, Braden Mann won the Ray Guy. Okay, okay. Uh, three schools are west of the Mississippi. One is east. Um, the... Three of them would be considered in the South, and one would not. Arizona one State? Of them, nope. Arizona State has not had a Ray Guy Award winner. Wait, how many did you say were east of the Mississippi? Just three. one. Oh, you said so oh. one, and then three would be considered South. So, yes. South, south like a region or South like a geography? Like the region. Texas okay. Tech. Texas Tech has not had one. Missouri? Missouri has not had one. Iowa State. Iowa State has not had one. So congratulations to, to Troy Taylor on that, too, beating Iowa State to the Ray guy. Yeah. Um. South, so, um, Arkansas or Arkansas? No, Arkansas. <laughs> um, Texas LSU. State. No, Texas State. No, LSU. The fuck? Um, all of these teams have a different color associated with them I would say um Alabama no there's I will say there's a green team a yellow team a team Michigan that I State. think of as primarily blue and a red team Michigan State Michigan State has not had a Ray Guy winner damn it you said blue green and red and yellow and yellow Ooh. North Texas no, North Texas. They don't have, like, I'm not saying that they are, that the none of, well, one of them does have the color in their nickname. Stanford. Nope. Hasn't had one. Two single-time winners include uh, Kevin Stemke, the first winner from Wisconsin in 2000. Um... Let's see who else we have had. I just closed the list again. Second winner was Travis Dorsch from Purdue. Dorsch. 2001. <laughs> UCLA? 
No UCLA is on here. Uh, no California school. Okay, uh, is, that, that... is in the mix here. Did we already Oregon? say North? Did we already say North Texas? Yeah, you did, so. and it's not North Texas, and uh, Oregon has not had one either. SMU. Colorado had one, two thousand two. No SMU. Colorado State. No Colorado State. Ohio State's BJ Sander in two thousand three, and then we have. 04 and 06 were won by the same punter uh, who went on to play for the went on to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I remember him there. Mississippi State? Nope. No Mississippi punt no Mississippi school punter has won the Ray Guy Award. (sighs) Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech! Is correct. Keelan is on the board. Durant Brooks in 2007. Presley Harvin the third in 2020. So there's another tech, and it's west of the Mississippi. That's right. Um, and uh, one of two back-to-back winners of the award. Ooh, I'm, I'm trying to think of other techs west of the Mississippi. Louisiana Tech? That Britt got it. Hey. Uh, Ryan Allen, 2011 and 2012 Ray Guy Award winner. And the other ones are in the South. Well, one is in the South. One, one is in the is... South. One is in the South. One is in the West. Um, Louisiana Lafayette. South, but West of the Mississippi. Which I don't know if is Louisiana Lafayette west of the Mississippi. I was assuming Louisiana Tech barely is. is, I think. Uh, Oh wait, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it is. Yeah. Um. hmm. And this one, this one has a state in its name. One of these has a state in its name too. One of these does have a state in its name. One of them does not, because you've got Georgia, Louisiana Tech. Um, and then one that is just University of the State, and then one that is um, completely different. We do, but so not in such colors, a way that like we've got a yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisiana Tech is that. That's is that the green. And we said it's not LSU. Wait, I thought that? of I thought of Louisiana Tech as blue. Okay, so we're, we've got a green. What color do they wear? It's red and blue. I think they have both yeah. alternates. The T is red, but the their women's basketball team always wore blue, I think, growing up when they were played textures. All that Kim Mulkey shenanigans. <sighs> Early days, Kim Mulkey. Uh, what colors do we have left? We have red left. Red and green. Christmas time. Red and green. There just Baylor? aren't that many that use green. Baylor? Oh, yeah. Baylor. Baylor, 2004 and 2006. So that's our last Daniel In the red one. Do we have a red one? Yeah. Non-South red. The red one. um, I I think that this is uh, somebody who Britt might be kicking herself about. Oh, God. When it comes to not remembering a guy. Oh, no. (laughs) Britt, please remember a guy. Oh, no. Red, west of the Mississippi, but not in the south. 
Oh, wait, uh, Utah. That's it. Utes. <laughs> Current 49ers punter Mitch, Mitch Wisniewski. <laughs> The 2016 Ray Guy winner, Tom Hackett, also won it in 2014 and 15. Utah is punter you. Uh, I love it. Punt you. So, yeah. I have to say, I've been watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Um, and one of the Utah, the Utah like cornerback, I think, coach is the husband of one of the like main women. <laughs> And it has like okay. permanently warped my perception of, of Utah football because I can't not think about her now. And she's what such a the... train wreck. Which which one is she? Uh the one who gets arrested for uh fraud and money laundering. Oh, that's incredible. And is no longer on the show because she's in federal <laughs> prison. Oh my god. How many housewives are in federal prison now? Uh, more than more than is normal, Lily. More than is like, normal. There's like there's this, like there's definitely a couple of New Jersey ones. Yes, it did turn out to be a college football show. Oh. Um, I strongly recommend if you have not. Uh, dipped your toe into Real Housewives, though it is my my introduction to watching more than like bits and pieces of it, and it has delivered. Maybe I'll start with that season. Uh, yeah, look, because in the first two seasons, you get um, a cult leader and you get money laundering. That sounds incredible. So, like, you have Homeland Security show up. Oh my god, that's insane, man! Like that. I was expecting normal rich people fighting shit. I was not expecting um, a cult leader married to her grandfather. And oh, I did read about that. Allegations. I did read about that. Yeah, yeah. One of the women is she's her step grandfather. To be to be clear, as she loves to reinforce. Well, it's she's in. She's there from the beginning. Season two is when. Jen Shaw gets arrested. And that's also when like the cult leader shit starts to go down with the other one. It's all very, very, very Which weird. one of them's a cult leader? Uh Mary Mary Cosby. Oh yeah, I see it She's... lists her as season one and two, not uh main. Season three, not there. Season four. Yeah, friend. she's like a friend of or something now, yeah. I have no way of ever hoping to catch up on all of it. And I'm going to have to reconcile myself with that and dive into it a little bit more. Uh, That's why I started with Salt Lake City, because that was our dear friend, Addie. That was the one she recommended because she was like, it's a manageable number of seasons, which is true. Because they're on season four right now. So it's not like Real Housewives of New York or whatever, where it's like, the backlog of lore is just like insurmountable. <laughs> See, that's that's what it comes down to as as well for me with you know being able to dive into football and stuff. And, and the lore is, I I like being able to find out new stuff that I didn't know before. And like, there's. I don't think that there's an expectation. Like if you're talking about real housewives with people, is there an expectation that you have seen 
everything and know all the lore? I don't think so. The way that if you talk with sports about, yeah, you know, talk with somebody about sports that they're like, right? Oh, you you don't know the right Na- yeah. na- name name the backup quarterback on the nineteen eighty three. Uh, Houston Oilers Back. or something like. <laughs> See, the problem is, is that I could do that with baseball. Well, just that was because... the year Dan Pastorini lost his starting job, so I, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but that's—I mean—that's the problem, Lily. Is that it? I, I totally agree, and it does sort of warp my perspective sometimes. It's immaculate like, went... syndrome for me. <laughs> right. Well, so like I was in Seattle earlier this year, and I have a couple friends who. Used to live down here. They're Giants fan raised in the Bay Area that I met up for for drinks with them one night. And we spent like three hours at a bar literally just like remembering some guys. Like just full on, full on uncle, just like naming miscellaneous uh, backup utility infielders from like 2007. And like every guy who had one really good play and then did nothing else in the years they won the World Series and stuff. Like it was just, it was an incredible time. It's beautiful. Well, that that brings us to a good spot for what I kind of want to wrap up with today because the very end of the show is when you want to put your podcast business. Uh, casual <laughs> Die Hard continues apace. Uh, we still have... Because I've been feeling like complete ass, uh, still have not done the things necessary to like make a viable website. But find Casual Die Hard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you find your podcasts. We will be at the end of the year no longer posting on the feed that goes to the Substack audience. So please, I will continue to you know post when the episodes are out, but you're not going to be able to. Uh, play them through the subset player the same way because double posting is nonsense. But um, when it comes to casual diehard and just sort of philosophically, um, what I what I'm hoping for here is is a healthier and better consumption of sports that we <laughs> put forward through what we do. And and my question to you guys is um, about the Mets because I was reading MLB trade rumors. I looked over to this kind of like. Hey, what's going on? Did the Otani signing like start the market otherwise? And and not really to this point. But the Mets did sign somebody named Rylan Bannon uh, to a minor league contract. Um, And it says that he has played with a few teams. Uh, He had both of his major league hits with the Orioles. And and I'd like to know, uh, Lily, do you have any memory of that? If not, that's cool. I've never Was heard it of this year because I've only been following the Orioles this year. Not clear. <laughs> he was part of the Machado trade. Um. So no. Yeah. Then okay. I have no clue who this dude is. But here's here's what we get to, and and what I wanted to ask about, just sort of more. This, I will give you a group of guys, and if you have anything to tell me about any of them, it will help me to develop my fandom uh, going into the new season, because MLB Trade Rumors writes here, uh, Bannon joins Cole Sulzer, Jose Iglesias, Taylor Colway, and Andre Scrub as former big leaders to sign minor league deals with the Mets in recent weeks. New York has also claimed Cooper Hummel, 
Tyler Heineman and Zach Short off waivers and signed Jorge Lopez, Joey Wendell, Austin Adams, and Michael Tonkin to low-cost deals to put them on the 40-man roster. I know of Andre Scrub and Michael Tonkin um, largely because of my affinity for puns. But <laughs> I cannot recall ever watching any of these dudes play baseball, and I'm just curious, have any of you? I've heard, uh, I mean, I've heard of Jose Iglesias. He played for the Rockies for a yeah. little bit. He was, like, good Wait, for is, a while. Is he the same Jose Iglesias that, like, used to be on the Tigers and was awesome at shortstop? One and the same, sir. Holy shit, he's still in the league. Nice. Wait, I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking. No, he's with uh, the This is a different Jose Iglesias. Is it really? Because No, no, never mind. I saw red and blue, and his Wikipedia picture is him with the Detroit, and then I read New York Mets. So okay, he is, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah he hasn't been—he hasn't been in Detroit in a while. Yeah, um, I will say that you included a backup catcher on that list, Jesse. So yes, I am familiar with Tyler Heineman's work. <laughs> okay, is that like the guy <laughs> from MythBusters? <laughs> no, but it would be funnier if it was. Um, but they have—they do have—they got Austin Adams there as well, so you could have an Adams Heineman uh, situation in spring training. There you go. Mets Busters. Mets Busters. That's a good one. Oh, I like it. We do I want some it. scrubs. Scrub oh. is a guy who can get some outs for me. Oh, oh wow. my god. <laughs> I used to do a version of that song uh, for my kids when they were toddlers about squirrels. <laughs> Gonna climb that tree. Oh my god, I love that it. That should just be the theme of this show. <laughs> yes, scrubs or no squirrels? No squirrels. But I like squirrels, so, I mean, I would feel like that was a lie a little bit. I like, like, like anti-squirrel rhetoric. Yeah, I like squirrels, but squirrels and I have beef a little bit because um, a couple years ago, they were building, so behind my house was like an empty field for years and years and years and years and they finally got around to building some houses on it and so of course building the houses on it like created a bunch of disruption uh, and part of it meant that like an entire flock herd whatever the collective noun is for squirrels ended up in my yard um and they were so loud all the time all spring all summer and they killed a tree in my lawn because they dug under it so bad that they just like destabilized the entire root structure and it came down. So, oh my squirrel, gosh, squirrels and I have beef a little bit. 